0: welcome to the ott red spotlight podcast i'm chris redmond i'm the chief executive of red Holt, and i am the global lead of our ott proposition ott red the ott talent economy in this episode of the ott red spotlight podcast you'll hear a fantastic interview between myself and andrew cross the chief executive of grass valley one of the most well-known and influential organizations in the broadcasting space globally. You'll hear him not only talk about his sense of purpose from a business perspective, also the legacy of his career at Newtech and the 23 years that he spent there. But one of the things that I loved most about this interview was how comfortably Andrew also spoke about how he met his wife, his relationship with her, his relationship with his children and how that has blossomed over the years. Andrew is a fantastic guy and in this interview, I really became intimate with the notion that he is a leader with a magnetic north on his compass that I believe will lead Grass Valley to a very successful destination in the next chapter of that brand's journey. Here is Andrew Cross, Chief Executive of Grass Valley. Welcome to the OTT Spotlight podcast. I am extremely proud and pleased to announce that our guest today is Andrew Cross, the Chief Executive of Grass Valley. Andrew is somebody who my path first crossed with in his time at VizRT uh, after the acquisition from NewTek. And Andrew has been high up in the headlines since taking over at Grass Valley with some of the ambitions that he's got around what that business is going to look like and the space that it will occupy on the competitive horizon going forwards. Andrew, welcome to the OTT Spotlight Podcast.
1: Thank you, and I'm, I'm very happy and honored to be here.
0: Well, as I'd alluded to, I've looked forward to this for a long time. You're a busy guy, and uh, I was grateful when we managed to squeeze this into your diary. So I think a lot of people, as we'd mentioned before we hit record, are going to be really interested in the story of your career journey and how you've got to where you've got to now. Because if there's one thing that I've learned about you, Andrew, it's that your involvement with Newtech and particularly NDI has made you a little bit of an icon in the broadcast arena globally. And I know that you've got quite a big following when it comes to people who have got a lot of respect for what you've done and your engineering acumen. So maybe we'll get into a little bit of that further on in our dialogue but let's start off with the first question that i always like to lead off with tell us a little bit about you who is
1: andrew cross oh my goodness um you you should ask that to my wife not to me Ah, ah. my kids um uh, you know i'm 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 driven by I, i my hobby is my job and I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that, you know, I, I always I always tell my kids actually that, um, you know, the best way to a good work-life balance is to make sure you really enjoy your job. And so I'm really driven and get excited about the things I do and I think, you know, a lot of you know people who, who see me and talk to me, you know, professionally know that, that I'm, I'm very passionate about what I do and that's not an act. I, I really to enjoy it. And if you do that, then, you know, it, it, it becomes quite easy and it becomes quite fun to look for, uh, uh, you know, things you can do that hopefully are going to make a difference to the market, make a difference for customers. And, and that's what's, that's, I've always been like that. I, I don't know why. And I see, uh, you know, but, but that that makes going to work every day somewhat fun.
0: Yeah, I think, I, you know, I certainly feel that, Andrew, from following your content on LinkedIn, I think there's a real authenticity to the stuff that you post. I can almost hear your voice when I read it, you know, I, and I've sensed as well since taking the role of CEO at Grass Valley, how much you've actually embraced that role. But before we get too much into that, I want to push a bit further on who you are, Andrew. I saw that you went to the University of York. I know that you spent a long time in the States, but you don't have a, a fully States accent. You know, what's, a, what's your background, Andrew? What was your childhood like growing up? And how did you end up in the kind of career that you've now got? So I, I, I grew up, I, I was born
1: in England, um, but I only lived there until I was six months old. Of course, I don't remember that. But then I, I, I moved to Luxembourg, so I actually I grew up in... In Luxembourg, and you know, went. To, my father worked for the European Communities, and so I, you know, I, I was there till I was eighteen. I then, um, you know, went, and, and I should say that's where I kind of really got into computers, graphics, three D, kind of video like stuff. I then went, you know, to University of Umeå, so the University of Master Institute of Science and Technology for my, my first degree in physics. Then went on to do, you know, a PhD in in kind of computer vision um, at the University of York, which was where I met my wife. And, and you know, my, my life has, you know, that, that that set me on the path I, I'm on. I, I, I went from there, you know, to my first job, which was actually with New Tech. Um, in the US, and and you know that's where I have been for I was for twenty three years, and yeah. you know Newtek went through a lot of different generations, if you will, in that time. Yeah. Um, but that you know that and that that's what kind of led me to where I am now.
0: What did what was your wife studying when you met her at university, Andrew? Um,
1: international um, the replique, so applied foreign languages, I guess. So foreign languages applied to business. Fantastic, and and,
0: and as she pursued the kind of career that you have to the lofty elevations of uh, her subject matter expertise.
1: Oh, she 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 does freelance translation. She she <coughs> helps me with my cats and my kids. She, she does far more than I do.
0: Fantastic. So you mentioned that you know after the academic chapters of your career, you know the lead into you know becoming. Uh, you know, gainfully employed by using all of that knowledge. You you went straight to Newtek, and you were there for a long time. You were there for twenty three years. You just mentioned. Talk us through those twenty three years and the the number of changes you must have seen both internally in the business and then the marketplace outside and the competitive horizon.
1: Oh, so I, you know, I I think that there the was, you know, to me when you were a company for twenty three years you know, it's not the same. It's probably three or four different companies mm-hmm. in that time. And I think that that's true. I mean, I think when, when I started at New Tech, you know, New Tech's primary business was 3D graphics. And I started on the video side. And, you know, so I was heavily involved in the, you know, in the, uh, I, I, you know, at th- that time in starting to move video towards the video business. And um, we, you know, we built out kind of new tech as a video company in in kind of the modern world which you know started you know we were, what we did was hugely influential in the in that we were one of the first companies that really tried to do real time video on regular computer systems and um so we really were the first people who made, you know, like live production streaming systems. We we started working those before they could even run because we, yeah, I mean, literally they 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 didn't work at the beginning, and that was because computers weren't fast enough. But we knew that computers were going to become fast enough, and so you know we started building that out, and you know that really everybody always brings up NDI, which is. Um, which is you know the most recent thing that I've been heavily involved in, but in many ways what we did in the early days of new tech where we you know, we built these computer-based real-time systems, which was far more influential because we take all of that for granted now. Almost everything, like including us using Teams here, yeah. is doing real-time video on computers. But back then, it was not normal. It was, it was not. I mean, people thought we were crazy for trying it. <laughs> and um, no, I, I mean that. I mean, I, I you know, it, it, it's as crazy as saying you're going to run a literally, kind of comparatively speaking, it would say, well, I'm, I'm going to build a TV station that can run on my watch. I mean, that's about the level of craziness of what we were trying to do back then because this was Windows 95. um, This was, um, you know, 486s. And we were trying to do many streams of real-time videos, distributing it via the internet. Um, uh, You know, I mean, it, 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 it... Seemed like it wasn't possible in the days of you know Windows Media Video. Yeah, um, absolutely. Let, let, let me and,
0: check my understanding of this, Andrew. I don't mean to cut across you, but what you've just said no, no, go for it. is super interesting to me. You know, I spend my life happily occupied with observing and being a bit of a pundit and you know this OTT talent economy that you know I like to believe that I've started or at least crystallised. But what you've just said was that Newtek were the first company. That we're doing live streaming. I mean, that's that's amazing to think that this whole industry that has spawned since then, with some relatively large organisations, certainly self-sufficient organisations, purely focused on streaming, and then all of the technology to support it. You were there at the frontier when that was un- unfolding. Yes. Now, you know, let,
1: let let me take the very negative view on that, though. We clearly failed, didn't we? Because there were multi-billion-dollar companies built <laughs> around the availability of live video online, and, and we aren't one of them. Um, you know, we we shouldn't have been. We we you know, in hindsight, shouldn't have been on the equipment side. Should have been on the delivery side. Um, but 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 yes, we were. You know, I I you know, no matter what, I think what. What I have been involved in that has been the most influential was the push towards real-time video being done on computer systems versus dedicated hardware systems. And we take that for granted today. But, you know, 20 plus, nearly 25 years ago, that, that wasn't at all obvious, Mm. And, you know, ultimately that, that created in many ways the video revolution that we have today that has been driven by the availability of internet connections, fast computers and software.
0: Yeah. And um, now that's just something we use every day, but back then it absolutely wasn't. Yeah, absolutely. So what was it at that, that juncture that determined the direction of travel to be more towards hardware than the exploration you'd been undertaking with reference to live streaming because that's definitely the direction of travel that new tech took at that point right absolutely and, and i you know i have to give credit to the founder of new
1: tech which was tim Jennison, because and you, you know the reality is that when when i went there we were struggling to build hardware and we realized that we didn't need to we We realized, and you know that the credit where credit's due i think tim Tim saw this very early on that that if you looked at Moore's law, you just needed to be a little bit patient and so if we built it using software that computers would become fast enough, and so we started on that path which if if anything is a huge gamble because you know at the time we started um it was it was not the case that it would work, and so you know we started down that path and you know the, the, and so well clearly one of the first and um you know that that, that is kind of how we got there mm. and you know I always find it interesting that everybody brings up NDI now but but I think that you know if you think about the availability of live streaming platforms integrated production systems doing it all on a computer is is you know, it is something we take for granted now, but it's actually far bigger than even NDI was. Although NDI has become quite big since. Yeah, absolutely. Just before
0: we move on to what you do now in a little bit more granularity, Andrew, in those 23 years at Newtech, there must have been a hell of a lot of things that happened in your personal life as well. I mean, that's a, a massive chapter of a man's life, right? I don't know if you've got kids or anything like that, but absolutely. You know, it must have. There must have been all those kind of things behind the scenes. How many kids? How many kids do you have? I've got two daughters, which is the best thing that ever happened to me. And the hardest
1: thing about leaving New Tech, and i am got to be careful because I'm going to get emotional now. <laughs> you know, they, they they're younger than... Twenty-three, yeah. <laughs> which means they were born when I was a new tech, and I remember, you know, I would take them up to work, and you know, new, new tech. We was always a creative company, and so we, you know, which means untidy in many ways. So we'd have boxes <laughs> and stuff like this, and they'd always go and play in the boxes, and they, you know, when they were young, they'd make houses in the boxes, and you know, I mean, it was great fun for them. Wow. What and um, you know, leaving that was very hard. I can imagine um, because because you know, my my kids grew up there.
0: How old are they now, Andrew?
1: Um, 15 as of two or three days ago, five days ago and 17. Wow. Okay. So you've
0: definitely seen the entire childhood of your daughters in that new tech chapter of your career. Yes. That's right. So what do you do now? Talk to me about the the change that you've made recently because you've been chief executive at Grass Valley, which is a big, well-known global organization for the last four months. How's that been? How did that how did that change go?
1: Um, you know, so towards the end of New Tech, we 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 were acquired by VizRT, which was great. Um, and, you know, I, I, I you know, have to give credit to VizRT for seeing the vision of how you could put two maybe non-obvious companies together to make something that 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 covers the spectrum from the the kind of low to mid end of the market by right the way up to the, the top of tier one they saw the value of nti early on i mean the, the, you know the, and we did that and you know i think that it was time for me to let new tech become the next generation of new tech and you know this is a bit like you know i i, I like saying you know at 21 years old in america you can you can drink so it, <laughs> it, it was time for New Tech to start drinking and driving and walk out two <laughs> and, and become a responsible time. adult without the parent there. And, you know, it, it it was time. I mean, we've got great people there. And when you've been there 20, 20 plus years, you know, you, you even become part of the problem. You become part of the thing that stops other creative people growing. I was lucky when I went to New Tech that, people like tim Jennison let me grow into in you know and let me control uh, and help guide it but it's time for the next generation and so it was really time for me to move and i, I you know i say that with a you know both positively that, that i think that that that's a great thing for them and negatively because i really miss it i mean it, it's where my kids grew up yeah. um but it was time for change and you know and and so that that it, it was time to co- go on and do something else and build something else. And that's, you know, where, where I am now.
0: So you've been there for four months. How? how I mean, I'm, I must admit, it feels like you've been there for longer than four months since I realised that you'd, you'd taken the top seat at that organisation. How's it felt for you? I mean, you've had NAB show, you know, cabs that, a number of different uh kind of broadcasting things around the world and i continue to see some great content coming out of you andrew in terms of thought leadership it kind of feels like you've really springboarded into this chapter of your career already how does it feel for you the last four months and how do you feel now
1: well it feels like much more than four months (laughs) i I literally it doesn't quite compute to me that it's just four months i mean it feels like much much more Mm. um you know, the the, the the answer to that is just, you know, uh, in a thing I'm doing, I I, 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 I think that Grass Value is an amazing company. I think we've got an amazing heritage. I think that the, but but I think most importantly, I, I am lucky that the company has had the foresight long before me to start building for the future, which is very hard in a company that has, the history that a company like Cross Valley does. And I, I am very lucky to be part of that. And to the extent that I can help guide that even a little bit, you know, that, that that's, you know, an honor beyond that, you know, in terms of content of things, I'm just giving my view, like I always have done on, on, you know, where the opportunities in the market are, what we should be doing and, you know, what, what make gets me excited about about the kind of the path of travel for the whole industry
0: yeah absolutely for those that might be listening to this andrew but that might not be as familiar with the dimensions of grass valley could you just give us two or three bullet points around you know the size maybe top line the kind of you know the feeling that the essence of the product portfolio well, so, you know, we're a company of well over a 1,000 people. We operate, you know, we
1: have, I, I, I last count, about 29 offices around the world. Um, we we have products that are number one or number two in pretty much every market segment, except, um, you know, graphics where we, you know, this is great because I came from FizzRT, so I can have a great partnership with them to help <laughs> fill that gap. It um, takes quite some doing to get that one right. Yeah. Um uh, you know so so I, I you know i think that the you know and at a brand you know we're very well known i mean i think that the you know in the industry i mean the, you know we're we're known not as grass valley but gv the fact that we've just been given a two-letter acronym and everybody knows who we're talking yeah, about it's, it's is you know says a lot about kind of the heritage and you know and you know way the company's seen in the industry so that'd be my kind of elevator pitch i mean i think that. You know, our our history has been built on top of building hardware products, but I think that we have also really, you know, and this is to the credit of those that come before me here, you know, built a solid path into cloud and software. And so, being the company that has both of these pieces puts us in a remarkably strong position, mm. and it is taking advantage of both those pieces and how how you put them together, which is you know really you know the the analogy I always give us is, is much like Apple. Um, Apple, what they do so well is build great hardware and put great software on it and build a unified experience that can't be beaten and cross fairly uniquely well positioned to do the exact same thing. Yeah, that's a great description. You
0: just mentioned cloud now if there is one theme at the moment andrew that i notice across the portfolio of clients that we've got in broadcast tech and ott at red hole through the ott red proposition it is the need for familiarity with how to operate cloud infrastructure how to optimize the cloud benefits to the end users and also to have a sales force that knows how to sell sas orientated products you know as you said you guys have got the hardware side the software side what, do you, what, do, what can you see happening from a macro perspective globally at the moment in terms of organizations transforming to utilize cloud infrastructure? And why is that so important?
1: Okay, so, so this is actually a complicated question because I think that, um, to me, the concept of cloud is actually the micro piece of what's going on. And the macro piece of what's going on is is about um, compute and connected compute and so you know what's what's the real underlying revolution that's going on is that computers becoming available everywhere so a great little anecdote there was a video posted online you could do a web search on this um, where somebody showed that they could run the, the computer game Doom on a light bulb you can buy from Ikea now no. that's how much computers in that light bulb <laughs> wow oh. Yeah but, but 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 the real trend here is that compute is becoming available anywhere, um, and it is all connected by networks. And that is changing the whole way we work in in everything we do. And one of those places is the cloud and that is the you know, compute on the on the length the the end of it's rented compute on the end of a very long wire. You know yeah. and it's an important one but the real the real underlying trend is is this move towards being able to do compute relatively freely anywhere to move data anywhere to move content anywhere and um cloud is a very important example of that but but i think that the you know to truly understand what's going on on the under- economics of what's going on one has to realize what allowed for the creation of cloud Because there are lots of cases where local compute is what people are needing, being able to do distributed compute, not knowing where the compute is even done. So when you think about email today, I can go into Outlook and I can type into the search tab. I don't know if that search is done on my local computer or the remote computer but the fact that i don't know in itself is important because that's part of the underlying you know trend here and compu- and cloud is a big part of it but it's 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 just an
0: example of i think a a much bigger tra- transformation that's happening in our industry and that's been going on for quite some time you know what listening to you speak about compute really resonates with me, Andrew, because one of the people that I look up to a lot and follow religiously is uh, Jensen Huang, the guy that started Nvidia, you know, and I think the stuff that Nvidia are doing with their deep learning and AI and, you know, their version of the metaverse, is really inspirational and groundbreaking, and they are always talking about compute as well are there any are there any kind of people that you follow like that any companies that you follow where you know you think the magnetic north on their compass is the right one?
1: Oh actually I follow a lot of companies I think there's a lot of really smart you know companies and people out there I mean I think that, that you know all the big companies right now are you know get what's going on. And, you know, I think, you know, on the, on the, I I mean, I think, you know, and and NVIDIA and Intel, I mean, uh, I've got great friends there and, and what they're doing is amazing. And I think, you know, a lot of people maybe don't see how they're putting all the pieces together five to 10 years out for what's coming next. I think that, you know, NVIDIA's foresight to get into um, AI and the progress that is being made in AI is just completely remarkable and how the pieces of AI are going to come together into useful things. I mean, AI is all about compute and the fact that, you know, you can build up networks that now are more complicated than any of the people, including me, you know, my PhD was basically in computer vision, you know, understood that you would be able to build complicated neural networks, but nobody understood the level to which it could scale up, to solve really difficult problems. Um, and, you know, people like Nvidia saw that early on. I think that there were, you know, there were other companies like Google who saw that early on and Facebook who saw that early on. I mean, those are where the big revolutions are coming. I think that, you know, my, my hat is off to Facebook slash Meta for, for seeing and taking the huge gamble, gambling a company that size mm-hmm. to change the name to Meta based on where you think things are going to go. That, 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 out. Nobody should fool themselves about the the size of that decision um, that 's remarkable I, I love seeing these companies who, uh, you know taking a position stake, you know if in any ways being as aggressive in how they pursue things as
0: one would normally think a startup is yes. um, absolutely let 's change tack a little bit Andrew. Uh, and you know let 's talk about um The broadcasting and OTT kind of arena, broadcast technology, typically, traditionally, we know that engineering-orientated occupations are very male-dominated. And over the last few years, diversity and inclusion has become absolutely rightly a more important part of the executive radar when it comes to building strong teams with minimal number of blind spots. Now, what's your posture at Grass Valley on diversity and inclusion and making sure that the colleague population has got a richness when it comes to, you know, all of the different ethnicities and gender blend uh, across the part and in different functions in the business as well?
1: Um, I believe in this so strongly. Um, and, um, look, I, I have two daughters. My oldest daughter... Um, Uh, you know, is is like a mini-me and spends her life coding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She is, she, I I just flew, I was on a flight to Europe with her and she sat there the whole time coding on the plane. That's how deadly. Look, we, we, you know, and the challenge, though, running our company is it's harder to change than you think because you don't find the skill sets. There is so much momentum built into the market in that, you know, because careers take time to build to get. Uh, I I want to see faster change than I know how to put into practice. And it, I I companies like us, we need to push the envelope, but it's it's hard. There's so much momentum, and I don't know how you overcome that. And I I wish there were easier answers because I I we've got to solve this and um i am certainly very dedicated to solving it but but gosh you know it's also we should be realistic about the, the challenge it takes to truly solve this because of the momentum that just exists in the workforce in the skill sets and um you know there's not enough talk about how to do that i i both at vis and hit, and at cross valley for instance wanted to hit a high ratio of um diversity in r&d groups mm. and we you know but you can't find the applicants you, you can hire them everyone you get yeah and you still don't get enough and how do we change that i mean i yeah, this
0: it's tough it's a real thing.
1: it is and and you know we, we I think the industry and everybody I talk to understands and wants to change this and we all want to go out and say the right things, but the reality is that there's not enough talk about how to change the momentum that caused us to, to get here and change, you know, kind of bent the curve, which is what, what you know, really is something I spend a lot of time thinking about.
0: Well, you know, I'm really lucky that in a couple of weeks, I'm recording this podcast with a guy called Rupert Walters, who in the UK is the chair of the Race and Equalities Commission. And I'm going to get into some of these topics with him. And and I'm really looking forward to finding out what Rupert thinks about the answers to, you know, some of these challenging frontiers that you've just identified as well. Look, I know, Andrew, we've got less than five minutes left. And I've got two more questions that I'd really like to ask you. The first of them is: What are you really looking forward to over the course of the next two years?
1: Gosh, um, I am looking forward to in in the broadcast space. I am I'm looking forward to the fact that I think we are moving so so the revolution of the last 10 years has been that we can use computers for real-time video and that, that then you can put them on local networks and you can put cameras on local networks and they all see each other and they work together. And and But the, the next revolution is that you're going to be able to do this completely distributed where it doesn't matter if something's local or remote or whether the computer's being done in the cloud or local. It, it won't matter. In the exact same way, that I can send an email to you and I don't need to think about the IP addresses. I don't need to think about whether I was behind a firewall. I can send an email to you and I don't kind of barely know how it even gets to you. Yeah. The same is going to become true of video and the way we work with media. And when that happens, it's going to change the workflows beyond what we know today. Mm. And in many ways that is kind of the end state of of where and what com- c- the computing revolution is going to enable in our market so so if you think about it comp- you know today typically you put a camera on a local network and connect it to a production system or something yeah. and that is the equivalent in in let's say um, messaging terms of the fact that you could only to people in the same building through your computer, which probably in the very early days of computing was what happened, but very quickly, things like email allowed us to send emails to each other no matter where we are, and the same is going to happen in video, and we're very, very close. And when that happens... We're going to, you know, things like the usefulness of compute, but the fact that you can just take cameras and put them on the network anywhere, they can be on Wi-Fi, it's going to change the whole way we think about media production, and that is going to be very exciting. Yeah. Um, and this will happen. This one absolutely will happen
0: listening to you there andrew reminds me of a lot of the stuff that i don't know if you know a guy called carlo Demarcus at delta train and carlo talks a lot about web 3.0 and the metaverse and how the bridge between here and there is actually going to be video and content and uh, you know it sounds as though the same kind of journey that you've got in your mind over the next couple of years yeah i i i feel more confident that this will be the path than will, say, Web 3.0. I I
1: think Web 3.0 is a complicated subject and that there's there's some things that might make it, you know, that it does really, really well, but there's some reasons why it's going to be, you know, it's it's a great concept that might be hard to actually take off. Um, It's unclear to the exact end user what the user need is, and at the end of the day, demand is driven by the people who actually use things. Um, And I would have a hard time explaining to my wife um why web 3.0 is something she should be thinking and understanding about so you know but but i know i can send emails i know i can chat to you you're in dubai i'm in san antonio and i don't know how the video is getting between us i know that that is going to happen on the board of video and media industry um it's so inevitable and then the consequences of it are very large Mm.
0: um so anyway final question for you andrew I've loved listening to your story. I've loved listening to, you know, how you met your wife at York University, joining New Tech, those little girls playing in boxes and in the <laughs> formative years of the New Tech part of your career and, you know, reaching adulthood and going into their own journeys and sitting there coding on flights between continents with you. But here's a question, my final question to you, Andrew. What advice would you give to the younger you?
1: Um, I think there's two things that matter Number one Learn To communicate I didn't learn that early enough Um, I didn't learn That everything in life is being able to tell a story And understanding How to make things matter to people And be able to communicate that Because if you can't communicate it You can't engage others in what you're doing So learning to communicate And getting out of one's comfort zone While Doing that, particularly for somebody like me who is naturally an introvert, is hard. But, but it is it is it's how you learn. It's how you 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 know. It's how you it, it, you know. It, it's how you learn things yourself is learning how to communicate them to others so to me really important that when i'm trying to work through ideas i sit down and try to work out how i would sell them to somebody else how i would communicate to somebody else and you see the weaknesses in your own arguments so learning to communicate and spending a lot of time doing that is number one and number two my advice to everybody is be inquisitive because the biggest revolu- the biggest changes in any industry aren't the obvious things that come from within that industry. They are connections made between unrelated things because that's the thing that's always hard to do. Um, And so being inquisitive gets you to know a very broad set of areas and suddenly you start to see how they come together. And when you do that, you get a much better idea about how to do things that really matter in the market um that take advantage of things happening elsewhere that that, that allow you to get somewhere quicker and easier or easier or help you solve a problem for a customer in a way that the customer and the people within the industry hadn't done so you know to me communication and being inquisitive are the two things that keep me excited about what what i do and are the things that if i uh, you know when i advise my kids on the things that will be the difference between really enjoying what they do, being successful in what
0: they do, or, and just doing it. Those are the two things that, that I advise them to be. Amazing. Look, Andrew, in the communications that we've had via email in the lead up to arranging the last 45 minutes, and in the brief interactions that we had whilst you were at New Tech, I can see why people warm so fondly to describing you as a leader and i wish you all the best in the next chapter of your career at grass valley and i think that the guys there are going to have an exciting time with you at the at the uh, top seat at the top table so thank you so much for making the time to talk to me so openly on the ott spotlight podcast and i really wish you and your family all the best andrew
1: thank you so much and thanks for inviting me pleasure
0: I don't think that you could claim that Andrew Cross, the CEO at Grass Valley, held anything back in that interview. I think his posture on every single question that I asked him was supremely confident as well as comfortable when it came to the questions or the responses that he extended. And I want to say thank you to Andrew for what was a fantastic interview for me. Andrew, I think you're a fantastic guy. Thank you for for featuring on the OTT Red Spotlight podcast. In the next episode I'll be offering you an equally insightful episode with Carlo DeMarcus, the chief evangelist for Delta Trey an organization that has gone over the last 30 years from the three founders and then the first employee next to those three so Uh, Carlo was employee number four to now over a thousand people and the recent acquisition as well with Bain, which is fantastically exciting and interesting. I hope you'll tune in for that episode. I hope you have enjoyed the season one so far. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed the interview with Andrew as much as I enjoyed recording it.